The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. Hey, everybody. Well, we're back here with another uh, episode of our podcast. It was a great sermon on Sunday. This is your uh, interim pastor, Julian Martinez, sitting here with Daniel Ward, our student pastor. And I thought it was a good day the first day outside of the parking lot. Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty exciting to be back in, in the room and, and to see people's faces. And then, you know, right after that first song, you could tell people were excited. They were mm-hmm. cheering and, yeah. and having a good time being back in the building. I even enjoyed the kids being in there, man. The kids running yeah. around having a good My kids loved it. They were dancing <laughs> while you were singing and yeah. having a grand old time. And uh, it was a good day for sure. People were very enthusiastic, which I was happy to see. Oh, yeah. That for the people who were there, it was a, uh, they, they were happy to be there. It looked like everybody missed church and, um, it didn't feel weird, right? It didn't feel quarantine-ish or nothing. No, no. And and you know, it was a it was a good group of people that showed up. I mean, it wasn't I was kinda worried like everybody's kinda freaked out about being in the same room, but mm-hmm. we had a really good crowd and yeah. it was a it was a great day. I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah, it gives some optimism going forward, right? Absolutely. That that this thing is you know, slowly getting back to where we want it to be and mm-hmm. Even today in staff meeting, we've kind of rolled out some plans on yeah. the future, and so we're hoping that we can stick to some of that. Um, I've really loved going through the Book of Acts. I think you know every time you turn a page, another chapter, mm-hmm. it just hits you right in the heart, right? Like like yeah, yeah. it speaks to you like none before. Yeah, and maybe because it's a narrative, you know. It, yeah, it's just saying what these people were doing, and then you can relate to that. Yeah, you can relate to it because it's it actually happened. It's I mean, real it's life. not like you can just it's some you know fantasy story like this really happened and yeah. God moved in this way, and God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yeah. so you know that we can apply those same principles today and and know that God's going to move. Yeah. So uh, so basically, the premise of your sermon, which it was tough to tackle, the long sermon oh, of Stephen, a lot right? of context. Yeah. It's very theologically deep, and he kind of was very eloquent in what he mm-hmm. said, and it was super long. Couldn't read it all, but basically, what you ended up with was uh, he was charging these people with what they were doing wrong, and that they missed it, and how to correct it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, in your sermon, uh, you said that the people had become prideful. Right. And and this sermon was kind of about the church, right? Yeah, so, I mean, he's speaking to the religious elite people of, of the day. You know, he's talking to these Pharisees and scribes. But for us, this is this is something for people like myself who have grown up in church my whole life. This is this is for the church. This is a charge for fellowship and and believers all over the world for sure. Yeah, not that as an unbeliever, you can't come in, listen to a sermon like that and think, man, something I'm off here. But really, it was kind of a charge to the church. Yeah. And so your first point was that they had become prideful. And uh, you said that in the text, the people were being prideful. How how have you seen the church commit this same mistake of being prideful? So you mean like the church as a whole fellowship? Yeah. I mean, like both, like individually and the churches as a whole, like 
maybe uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Okay. Right? How they're kind of off their rocker and they <laughs> they've become very prideful and they're yeah. and you know and they're um and and they're they're what they preach and mm-hmm. and their agenda and so you know do you think it's more individualistic or do you think it pertains to mainly the church no i think it absolutely uh, can pertain to the church as a whole too i mean like westboro is one example mm-hmm. of a church that you know a few bad theology, you know, seeds of people who, who have the wrong view of God. They've missed it. Mm. It's, it's spread like a wildfire through that, that group of people. Right. And now you have this large group of people that are totally missing what, what God's will is, what God's plan is for the church, what God wants for them and what God wants for other people too. Right. They're holding up signs saying God hates people and all this other craziness. And and that's just not scriptural. We don't see that. Right. And so, they they've totally missed it, and it's gotten to the point to where it's it's spread to this entire congregation, and, and it it can absolutely do that in any congregation. If you get a few that start, you know, living in pride and and preaching stuff like that, then it, it could it could totally mess your entire congregation up. I think um, you know that's one end of the spectrum of the people who are missing it in that that way that they're they're preaching all of this stuff that's uncharacteristic of God. Mm-hmm. And then you have the opposite in the spectrum of these people who are just God loves, God loves, God loves, and they're mm-hmm. never preaching judgment. And and so what you end up with people in that, and that group is people who proclaim to love God and, and proclaim um, to be believers, but they're unwilling to yield to what God wants for their lives as far as righteousness and holiness, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to church on Sunday and singing the songs and getting all emotional, but then they're out partying on, you know, during the week and mm-hmm. they're getting divorces and all the, everything just like the world. So yeah. their lives look exactly like the rest of the world, but they're going to church every Sunday. So what's, mm-hmm. what, 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 what have they really accomplished there? So I think, you know, there's, there's those two, uh, extremes and also see it in, um, this this we've been kind of hammering this for the past several weeks, but I think it, it's because it's so evident in the, the text of Acts is that it, it's we see this American Christianity thing where we, we've politicized our faith, mm. and that's what ultimately these guys have done here in Acts. You got these Pharisees who have politicized their faith. Right. You go back to Abraham and the and the reward that Abraham was getting from this covenant was to be able to know and commune with God. Mm. Like he had this special relationship with God that nobody else had. And his people were promised to have this special relationship. God was going to move through Israel, not just for Israel's sake either, but to, to evangelize the rest of the world. God was going to use Israel as his people to reach the rest of the world. But what did Israel do? They pursued God as this commodity, like he's ours and we're going to hold him to ourselves. Mm. And so they totally missed it, and then it turned into this huge political thing where these Pharisees were more worried about people thinking that they're awesome and and, and looking for prestige, and, and they're the ones who know all the law, and they're the ones who are smart, and and everybody needs to bow to them because because of who they are. And it turned into like the status thing, and very political. Yeah. And uh, and and I think we've very much done that today too, in the sense that we we have blurred these lines between our our political agenda and our faith mm. right and, yeah. and 
how evident is that now that we have Facebook and social media? Right. Right. Especially yeah. Facebook. Like you get on Instagram and it's just like pictures of a bunch of stupid stuff. <laughs> and it's fun. Like you see pictures of cars and all that. But you go to Facebook and you see everybody's political beliefs, yeah. right? Because everybody's going to share what they believe. And, uh, and the problem becomes when our focus is on building a nation hmm. with a set of values that we believe in rather than building God's kingdom. Yeah. And so when we're distracted, we can get incredibly prideful, right? We look at other people. We look at, you know, we look at people who may not align politically with us, mm-hmm. that, that maybe they're on the other team, and, yeah. we, and we look down on them and think they're horrible people, <laughs> right? And that they can't be Christians because they align that way politically. Right. And we, we start to assign them spiritual things when we're talking about politics. Right. It's, it's totally different. And yeah, I, I get that your faith is going to affect your politics and all that kind of stuff. But pride comes in and says, if you're not this way, then you're not a Christian. When Jesus didn't come to establish a nation, right? You know, he came to establish a kingdom where he's the king. Yeah. And, and it has nothing to do with America. America's not even the Bible. Yeah. Right. And I'm gr- grateful for America. I'm grateful to live where we live and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I get really disheartened when I see people getting really ugly and not living out their faith by loving. Like we're commanded to love other people, right? Mm -hmm. We're commanded to love God, love others and make disciples. And when we're reaming people on Facebook because of their political beliefs, especially lost people, because lost people are going to act lost. Why would we expect them to act any other way? Yeah. Yeah. And so when we start reaming people for their political beliefs, because they don't align with us, Mm -hmm. man, we've totally missed it. Yeah. Right. We, we were, we're not making disciples that way. No. We're just being judgmental, just like the Pharisees, for political reasons, just yeah. like the Pharisees. So, I mean, we just totally missed it. It's almost exactly like what they were doing, right? They were trying to establish Israel as this nation, mm-hmm. but not a nation after God's own heart, right? Right To to then grow the kingdom, yeah. but just a nation of you do the rules like we do them because we said to do them, right. because this is, what, this is in the law. And they looked down on everybody else who oh, yeah. didn't live like. If, if you were uncircumcised, you were this heathen that, yeah. that they looked down on. If you didn't follow all the Jewish laws, then you were detestable, you know. And mm-hmm. so it, it was. It was just this horrible, you know, distortion of of what God had established back with Abraham. And that's what Stephen's accusing them of. He's saying, "Look, you guys have missed it. The whole point of this is so that we can know God and we can point other people to know God. Mm. And and you've gotten so wrapped up in all these check boxes that you've you've missed it. And it's because you're prideful. You want you want the prestige that goes with it more than you want to know God. Yeah, yeah. So people today want want the title of Christian and all the feel goods that go with it, but not the pursuit of holiness or to know God personally. Yeah. Or to, or to point other people towards God too. You know, yeah. they, they they're more concerned with living in a society that's moral and looks the way that they want it rather mm-hmm. than really pointing people to the God that they supposedly have a relationship with. So they're essentially, some of them are fake. And yeah. <laughs> that was your second point. Yeah. And so rolling right from that, uh, you, you did say that these some of these people were fake. And do you think there's a possibility that churches today are full of fake people that are really missing the point? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I, to be honest with you, I think there are people even in our church who are mm. fake and missing the point. And I'm not judging anyone specifically, but just statistically, that would you would know that, right? I mean, sure. There, there are people in every church who 
again, they missed it. They missed what the gospel really is. And for whatever, I don't know if it's because they grew, grew up in church and they just got so deep in the weeds of what church culture is that they they missed the point of, of loving God and loving others yeah. and surrendering to God that became more about all these check boxes. Because that, let's face it, that's easier, right? Yeah. It's so much easier. If, if, if I know there's a set of rules to go to church, be a good person, you know, raise my kids in church mm-hmm. and, and be, you know, get, tithe when I'm supposed to tithe, read yeah. my Bible. If I follow these rules, then God will love me and I can check my Bible. That's easier because mm-hmm. we know if we follow the rules, we're good. That's not how the gospel is. Right. The gospel is is that you can't earn your, your salvation. The gospel is rooted in faith, the fact that you have to surrender yourself to Jesus and trust mm. that, that he will provide and that he will provide salvation. And so that's... That's the gospel, and, and um, I don't think that—I think that there are people in, in our church, I think there are people in, in the church in general who over the years, for whatever reason, they miss that. And, and the reason I know that is because it's evident in the fact that they're they're not living it out, yeah. right? When when the divorce rate is the same as in the church as it is in the rest of the world, mm. the people have missed it. Yeah. When, when pornography is—, is is much evasive in, in the church as it is in the rest of the world. Right. We, we've missed it. Right. And so I think that what that tells me is that, is that there are a lot of people who came to Jesus maybe for what Jesus could offer them, but not mm. come to Jesus and surrender. And so what that produces is, is a fakeness where we have to pr- put this facade and pretend we've got it all figured out mm-hmm. and we check our boxes and we think that we're good. And, and Jesus said, that there are going to be people who come to him and, and, and in the end and say, "Hey, we prophesied in your name. We yeah. did all these things." The and he's going, yeah, "Yeah, we did all this stuff." And he's going to say, "Depart from me, you work of iniquity, for I never knew you." Hmm. Right? That's a it's a terrifying verse because what that says is that there are people who genuinely believe that they had a relationship with God, but in reality, they didn't. They were hmm. just checking boxes. Yeah. And so that's that's probably my greatest fear for church our churches today Hmm. and our church here at fellowship is that we would have a people who could attend here their entire life and for whatever reason, miss it, Hmm. miss the reality of what the gospel is and, and value the checkbox over a relationship with God and think that the checkbox has saved them. You know, they said a prayer when they were a little kid and they've grown up in church. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I've talked to teenagers who were, you know, 14, 15, and you ask them, tell me your, tell me your salvation story. Tell me how you came to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we do Mission Arlington and we have applications that go with that. And there's a testimony thing where they have to write down how did they come to know Christ. Every year it never fails, especially with the younger ones. Well, I, grew, I just grew up in church. Mm, yeah. I've been, I've been going, I've been going to church my whole life. How All did right. you, how did you come to know Christ? I've been in church my whole life. Mm. Sometimes the reality is that they just don't know how to voice what really happened. Sure. But yeah. sometimes the problem is that they genuinely never understood the gospel. Mm. They've heard it their whole life, but it never clicked. It never resonated that, that the gospel is about surrender. Right. And, and so, man, it's it's a terrifying thing to yeah. know that, that there are people who think, I mean, these people, they genuinely thought they had it figured out, but they totally were missing it. They were living fake lives. 
So, so when you say fake, I mean that means not real, right? Yeah. And and I and I guess when you say check boxes, it's more like a religious thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when you think of, and that's why we hate to call it a religion. What we do, right? We mm-hmm. call it a relationship. Right. Uh, you know, we don't we don't want to go by any kind of legalistic standards. But once you surrender to Jesus, then his life will change you to be what you need to be. Right. And so when I think fake, you know, it's this idea that you can look a certain way, but not have the authenticity behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like I have this Rolex watch. It's (laughs) from Mexico (laughs) and uh, it says Rolex on it. Right. But if you, you know, if you inspect it, well, you can tell it's a fake. And and I and I think like that's how Christianity is working these days, right? Mm-hmm. You you have the verse that you throw up on social media, and you have the whole you know taking a picture of yourself with a coffee at church on Sunday, <laughs> but but have have you witnessed to anybody? Yeah, where's in, the fruit in your entire life? Yeah, right. Have you ever tried to make a disciple? Have you ever evangelized anybody? You know, do you make an effort? Or is it even a conviction that you need mm. to talk to your neighbor, you know? And so, you know, sometimes when you think of like, you know, wh- wh- what can I do? How can I prevent myself from being one of these people on the side that Jesus said, department from me, I never knew you. It can be real quick to say, man, I- I'm not doing any of the things that he, he commanded me to do. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so if we're not, then, then yeah, it's fake. You know, well, why are we even doing it? Right. You know, why come to church on a Sunday if you're not going to then uh, if you're not going to then do what God has ultimately commissioned you to do? What do you think about that? Right. Well, I think I think what can happen and I think what has happened over the years um, is that we have constantly been hammering behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we you need to change your behavior, change your behavior, change your behavior. And that can work for a while. Right. Whenever I was a kid and my dad said, hey, do this. And I didn't. I got a spanking Mm. like I knew, like, I better not do that again. But it didn't change the fact that whatever the heart issue was that caused me to do that thing was still in my heart. Right. You just tried to do it a little more. So I I would seek more secretive. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I was more careful. I made sure I didn't get caught. Exactly. So if you um, if, if you're just worried about the behavior. So if you if you, for instance, realizing, man, I'm not living this out, you know, I. Maybe maybe for you the the issue is is a light you're not living a life of holiness. You know you come to church you, you at church you may have it all figured out, but during the week, people that you work with would have no idea that you're a believer based mm. on how you live your life, or you there's no other fruit. You know fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. None of that's evident in your life, or the physical fruit of actually reaching people for Christ. Right, that's yeah. that's part of the fruit too. And so if, if you're listening and realize there's none of that evident in your life, then that, the, the solution to that isn't to say, okay, I need to start living holy. I need to start, mm. you know, because then you're going right back to religion. Yeah. It's, it's this vicious cycle where you come and you hear a convicting sermon. You're like, I need to get this fixed. And it's this vicious cycle where you keep going back and forth, back and forth. Right. When the root problem is the heart. And, and maybe it's that you're, like you said, fake is not real. You're not, a, you're, you don't really know Christ mm. because if you really know Christ, then he comes in and, and deals with the issues in your heart Yeah, and, and he changes you into this new creation. It's not that you change yourself. Now we do have some, you know, there is effort into it, but, but, sure. but the effort is 
produced because our heart changes, the, our desires change, mm-hmm. right? And when you come to know Christ, you before that, you have desires for worldly things, and then when you come to know Christ, He changes your desires. And so if your desires right. are still for worldly things, then I would say you probably don't know Jesus. Yeah. The Holy Spirit probably doesn't live inside of you. And, and if that's the case, then you need to surrender to Him, not start checking boxes, right? right? Like surrender to Him, give your life to Him, ask Him to come and be the Lord of your life, and, and change your heart, and, and then he'll come and do that. And like I said, then your desires will change, and the behavior will follow. I talked about that Sunday. Like we, When we really love God, and mm-hmm. that's our priority and our focus, then the behaviors will follow. Our, our church attendance will, won't be a problem because yeah. it will be an outflow of our love for God. Sure, Our holiness will be an outflow of our love for God. You know? Yeah. You know, and uh, I would just like to add this, like if you're listening right now and there's like there's like this shame that comes with. I don't want people to think that I am not sure about my salvation. Right. But it would be the most joyous thing in the world for you to come down to the altar and say, hey, I don't I need to check my heart. I don't even know that I'm saved. Yeah, because that for us, that means it's working. Right. That means the gospel has reached your heart and you are now ready to surrender. Right. And what we don't want is someone to continue living with the, you know, question of am I or am I not? Yeah, that what you're talking about is exactly point one. If you're unwilling to walk down, that's a stiff neck people. Yeah. Right. You're unwilling to yield to God's voice and his calling your life mm-hmm. that's stiff-necked you're unwilling to say you know it's i know god's just saying this but right that's that's the phrase that you know you're stiff-necked if you're yeah. if you're saying i know god's is saying this but what will people think of me mm-hmm. what will what will my wife think of me what will uh, you know so and so i've grown yeah. up in church my whole life and, and if i walk down that aisle people are gonna think yeah. so bad if, if that's your thought process then you're you're stiff-necked in that moment you're <laughs> unyielding to god's leadership in your life and he's saying hey surrender to me come come down now and surrender to me and you're saying well what will people think of me mm-hmm. right and, and yeah. so that's again that's a dangerous place to be that we, we don't want to be in that position yeah don't grow calloused to what the holy yeah. spirit is trying to tell you and that jumps right into your final point was calloused uh and that they were a calloused people and so my question would be how do we prevent ourselves from becoming a callous people who do not listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. Yeah, so I talked a little bit about this Sunday. Um, the, the key there is to welcome conviction. Hmm. It, it's, it's to desire for sin not to be in your life anymore. And, and when we, I preached about this a few weeks ago, when we understand the weight of sin, Mm-hmm. And the gravity of sin, and, and what it's done in ourselves, and what it's what it ultimately did to Jesus on the cross. When we really get that, then we're going to mourn it, and we're going to hate it, and we're not going to want it. And so, when you understand sin, then then when the Holy Spirit convicts you, or when God's word, you know, through God's word, the Holy Spirit convicts you, you don't you don't run from that. You welcome it because you understand that the wages of sin is death. Yeah. So sin in your life brings death and destruction. And so you have two options. You can mourn it and want God to get rid of it and welcome conviction and, and look for ways to be convicted. Even mm-hmm. you know you're you're going to pick, uh, you're going to want to go somewhere where, where the word is being preached in a way that you're convicted. You're going to want to 
read and, and, and allow God's word to change you and mold you and shape you into who God wants you to be. Or your other option is to ignore it and say, I don't want that. But when we do that, we're saying my sin's not a big deal. Yeah. And, and, and it's not, it's not something I really need to get rid of. And, and then we become callous to it. And like I said, Sunday, it leads us down a path that we never would have thought we would have ever gone down. I mean, you take one step in that wrong direction and you just keep going. Right. Yeah. And it's like, whenever, you know, whenever you're playing guitar, I mean, you, you play guitar, you have the same calluses on your fingers, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and, and so the more you play, the less you feel. Mm-hmm. And so the more you play with sin, the less you feel mm. bad about it. And that's deep. That's, yeah. that's a rough place to be. You never want to be in a place where sin isn't convicting you anymore. Right. Because one, either it goes back, you're fake. Yeah. Or, or two, you've gone so far the opposite direction that you're just not hearing the voice of God anymore. And, and the whole point, again, in the beginning is is to know and commune with God. Mm-hmm. And that's where we want to be. We don't want to be far from him. We want to be next to him because that's where life is found. Yeah. It, I think it's interesting how sometimes, you know, we can look at our lives and say, there's just nothing going right for me, right? Mm. Uh, there, you know, I, one thing after another, it doesn't seem like I can get ahead. It doesn't seem like I can catch a break, you know, and yet we're, we, we are, uh, we don't want to look at the sin that we're committing because Mm. if we are children of God, if we're saved and we're living in this sin, right. And this, and we're callous to the Holy spirit, God's going to discipline us. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that people believe that anymore. Right. Right. People, there's been this message like you talked about earlier, like love, 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 love. And yes, God loves you. God loves you so much that he's willing to discipline you. Right. Just like, what, what parent would not discipline their kid? If, if yeah. you really love your kid, you're going to discipline your kid because you want the end goal to be, you, you have this end goal in mind, right? You, you yeah. want to raise your kid in a way that, that one, they hopefully love God, love others and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And two, become productive citizens to society. You don't want some kid growing up to be some lazy bum, right? right. And so yeah. you have this end goal. And so as you raise your kid, you're going to discipline them in a way that, that hopefully that yields that result in the end. Well, God's working in the same way in our life. He's going mm-hmm. to discipline us. Even if I don't, my kids don't have to necessarily do something bad for me to discipline them. Right. Right. I'm going to still say, Hey, Watch for this. Watch for that. I'm going to set up guardrails. Yeah, and that's discipline too. And so God does that in our life. He's going to if He sees, hey, you, you're you're, you're veering off too far this way or, or whatever. He's going to convict you of that, mm-hmm. and and that's a good thing. Yeah, we should welcome that because it produces in us what God wants for us. Yeah. And, and man, where else would you want to be? Yeah. Yeah, and and like I said, like I think people just don't believe that God does that anymore, and so they don't see their struggles as this, you know, chastising of Mm. God, right? And then they fall into this rut of nothing can go good for me. Mm. You know, I've been spending years not, you know, being able to figure it out, and yet God's trying to point at their sin and say, no, it's it's that you need to be back in tune with me. And I'm not saying like if you're in tune with God that everything's gonna be roses and rainbows, right? Like, yeah, there's gonna be struggle. struggle. There's gonna be suffering. However, sometimes I think it's a lot of self-inflicted that we go through that we just can't find this joy inside of us because we've decided to uh, not. We've decided to have this unchecked sin, Mm. and you know, and just to be totally transparent, like we know when we sin. Oh yeah, you know. 
the things I struggle with, I know I'm doing it intentionally. Mm, there's yeah. there's no like, oops, you know, like this came upon me and oh gosh, I did not mean to do that. Right. That that is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> when we sin, most of the time it is a willing understanding that we are going to defy God and do this thing. Right. Whether that's watch pornography, whether that's have an affair, whether that's, you know, you name it, you know. Lie, watch crap that you're not supposed to watch, I mean anything. All of that. Yeah. And we can excuse away everything. Oh yeah. Uh but the the honest reality is is that we defy God and say, uh, not this time. I want to do this." Right. right? This is a this is a guilty pleasure call it what you want. But God is always watching. And he is there to to say, well, you're not supposed to be doing that in a little life correction, you know, and, and sometimes like like you were saying, right, this this callousness to where they don't even hear that anymore. Mm. Right. And God's trying to speak to their life, whether that be through sermon, whether that be through life circumstances. And they've tuned it out so much that they don't even they don't even hear the Holy Spirit call in their life. Yeah. And that's, again, what that ultimately leads you to do. So. Nobody ever sets out in the beginning of their marriage and says, "You know what? One day I'm going to have an affair. Yeah. That's my plan. I want I want to have a failed marriage. I want to <laughs> I want to get a divorce." Nobody plans for that. No. In fact, everybody on their wedding day probably thinks that would never happen to me. Mm. Mm. Right? You you think I would never have an affair on my spouse? Yeah. That would not be me. But yet, it happens all the time because when we ignore the Holy Spirit. Mm it leads us down this path that we never would have thought we would be on. Yeah. And ultimately it leads us to, to do things that, that we would have never thought would be part of our story. Right. Right. And, and, and so if we listen to the Holy spirit in the beginning, then we're in a much better hmm. position. Yeah. And, and if you're listening right now, don't, don't get us confused. There is obviously redemption. Oh yeah, that, 100%. that is Stephen's point that he's trying to make in this whole sermon. He wants these people to know God because he yeah. knows God, and he wants these people to, to. He's not just saying, "Hey, you're a bunch of sniff-necked, yeah, uh, idiots. You got, idiots. It wrong. Yeah. Yeah. you got it wrong. He's he's presenting the gospel. He wants them to come to know Christ, and that's why that's the point of this. He's mm. yeah, he's defending himself, but more so, he's he's presenting the gospel and saying, "Hey." Here's your sin. You need to come to know Christ because he knows even for these people, there's redemption. Yeah. If, if they would just surrender. <laughs> yeah. Right? Even after all you've done, he's saying, yeah. look at all the history. You can wipe that all away mm -hmm. because the solution is here. Right. And the answer is here. And that's Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. So for anybody who who is in that point living in sin, there there's absolutely redemption. If you had an affair, there's redemption. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of marriages even be restored that God works this major miracle mm -hmm. in, in those people's lives. And, and there's restoration. God yeah. cannot bring redemption, but he can also bring restoration to marriages. And absolutely. It's a beautiful thing that God does. And what and, a testimony. Oh yeah. 100%. Right. That, yeah. That's, you look more like Jesus in that moment than in, yes. in any other way. Because, what did he do? We rebelled against him. We, um, you know, went went to the world, and, and instead of rejecting us, he offered redemption yeah. and forgiveness. Yeah, like I said, the book of Acts has just been so great, and uh, we are, uh, you know, we're just gonna keep rolling through it all year, oh, yeah. and uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, stay tuned for all of the announcements we have coming up. We are hoping we can roll out some. Uh, scheduling things that are going to help us to get 
back to normal somewhat and some things will look a little different um but you know we we just we know that uh we both are convicted that God wants us to meet God wants us to continue on doing discipleship and to you know go with go further along with the plans that we already had before this whole shutdown thing yeah. hopefully within a few weeks we can bring back some childcare and then bring back growth groups a few weeks later and, yeah. and start rolling things out in phases but as we get those solidified we'll definitely uh, be promoting or pub- publicizing that on our Facebook pages yeah. and stuff stay tuned and we love you and we'll see you next time thank you so much for listening today And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.